Awesome. Well, uh, Jordan and Andrew are out of town today, and along with half the other people, and um, and so I get the the chance to share with you guys. So I'm excited to just share a few things that are on my mind, and um, today will probably be a little bit a little different than what we normally do, but we'll get to that. Um, I wanna I wanna talk to you guys today about. Um, the battle for attention in our lives. And uh, I want to start with myself. Um, I think I might sit down today. I'm feeling pretty chill. Um, anyone, who, anyone who knows me well knows that uh, my interests tend to change a lot. Um, I, I love learning about new things. Um, I love trying new things, new adventures. That's why Up is the greatest movie, because adventure is out there. Um, I, I love, like, trying different hobbies. Um, and it's just, it's kind of always changing for me, just, like, what I'm interested in the most at the time. There are things that last a long time, like the most consistent things in my um, focus rotation, I'll call it, are, are, like, spiritual things, music, sports, but like the number of things that I've gone through a season of focusing on at some obsessive level is quite a ridiculously long list. Um, things that quickly come to mind are like chess, poker, I mean a bunch of different sports from rock climbing to baseball to I've been playing basketball, jujitsu right now is what I'm doing. Um, like theology, learning instruments, photography, playing Zelda, the greatest video game ever created. Um, studying jazz and film scores. I mean, I have a serious problem. Um, and like outside of, then out, outside of just personal obsessions for me, you know, like I still have a family and I do real estate work and I do ministry and like the list goes on and you may not, you may not have such an issue as I do, but if you start, um, I took a day this week and just was quiet and kind of like wrote out all the things that I do in my life and focus on and where I allocate my time. And like the list gets really long. And I'm going to guess that your list gets long uh, too, even if it's not as sporadic. Um, and one thing that I've observed about myself as a person is that I have very little ability to focus on like several things in life at the same time at a high level. Um, and this is something I've grown in to some degree because it, it used to be one thing at a time. Used to, I, I, could, I could have one focus in life. Like, if I was getting really in shape, then, like, I didn't know how to do anything else well in my life. I would just try to get by at everything else, and I would be obsessed with this one thing, you know? And then, like, as I kind of have gotten older and hopefully matured at least a little bit, um, then I've gotten the ability to focus on, you know maybe two or three things. Like used to, you know, let's, if I was studying jazz music theory at the time, then like I'd be hanging out with my family, but my brain would be thinking about jazz, you know? And I hated that, but I mean, it was still there. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to kick it. And like, I'd be working on a church project, but honestly, back of my mind, jazz, you know? Like laying in bed, trying to sleep, thinking about jazz, you know? And whatever the thing was in my life, like, I would go through life and something would be consuming my thoughts. Um, has anyone ever, like, in some degree had the same feeling that you have something that's consuming your thoughts and, like, 
the rest of life kind of falls behind it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that might not be a hobby or something. It may be dictated to you by your, by your world and your life at the time, you know. Um, a lot of times there are, it could be a relationship that's going awry and when you lay down at night, you can't sleep because you're playing conversations over and over again. Probably conversations that haven't even happened yet, but you're very good at imagining how they will go and you normally end up yelling at someone and then you realize that you just said a lot of mean things to them and they never actually did the bad thing. Okay, maybe that's just me. I don't know. I have a lot of problems, and I'm here to confess all of them, okay? Um, but my point is that, like, I can only, I only have so much attention in life. Like, I only have so much ability to focus, so much ability to, like, to excel at one thing or give all of my, um, I w I'll say, like, attention, but it's like my soul almost, you know? Like, I... I can only give it to one one or maybe a few things at a time if I somehow manage to split it up. And the real trick to, to living my life how I want to live it, <clears throat> and I know I'm not really into Jesus stuff here yet, but I'm going to get there. The real trick I've learned to, to living my life how I want to live it is choosing the things I want to focus on. But Sometimes that's easier said than done because I'm really terrible at willing myself to do things that aren't currently capturing my interest. Um, it's, it's such a grind for me. Maybe everyone can relate to this. It's such a grind for me. I, like, I really like sports and like fitness and all that kind of stuff, but it's a, a horrible grind to work out whenever my mind is somewhere else and I'm like thinking about a totally different project and at that moment I don't care about working out. Like if you come work out with me some days, then you're gonna be like, geez, that guy like kills it because I, you know, don't stop every set until I'm like, you know, until I drop the weight basically. Um, and then other days you, you could just be like, oh, that guy's, he's, his brain is somewhere else, you know? Like when I'm doing something and my mind is somewhere else, it's, it's really difficult. And um, you guys know what else is hard, which pastors are not supposed to say, praying when I don't feel like it. That can be really hard. And, and reading scripture when my mind is somewhere else. And like, I read the page and then I realize I don't know what I just read on that page and then I read it again. Have you ever done this or am I the only terrible sinner? Um, and so, um, and it, it, it goes beyond that, you know? Like, it, it's hard for me to, to think about how I can love my friends more when I'm being really self-absorbed and thinking about myself, you know? It's hard for me to make my wife feel loved and worthy of my attention when the truth is that my brain is thinking about some chess opening strategy, okay? Like something that doesn't matter. And if I lined the two things up next to each other, I'd say, well, that one's obviously more important. But like, I'm not always the best at controlling where my brain is. And so the trick in my life is figuring, like, figuring out how to control what those things I'm focused on are. Because a lot of times they're controlled for me. Um, and I've learned that the only way that I can control what I'm putting my attention on is by controlling, is finding a way to become fascinated by what I want to focus on. Like my brain, it's always going. It doesn't stop. I like learning. I like thinking. And it's just like, it's, it's a non, I'm sorry, Tiffany. It's a nonstop, like just, treadmill of thought and um 
And sometimes it's hard for me to do, but like to direct it, I have to find something interesting or fascinating about what I want to focus on, or I have very little ability to like stay focused on it. Um, and this is kind of what I feel like God started showing me. I was looking through some of my like just old sermons that I that I preached earlier this week. I was kind of just I don't know like um, catching up on life, like revisiting old thoughts and and seeing the places God's brought me to that I forgot about. You know, sometimes God takes us through seasons and teaches us things, and then we we kind of leave them behind once we get done with that season. And and um, about eight years ago. Um, this is what God started showing me, was that my, my journey with him through my whole life, um, and, and I'm lucky enough to have been like raised in a family where like knowing God, hearing God, talking with God was always very real. Um, like I've known God in a real way since I was a little kid. Um, but I can still look back through all the years and I can see the journey like ebb and flow based on one question. And that's like, am I, am I fascinated with God right now or not? Am I, am I fascinated with God or, or am I not? Have I let myself become bored or like immune, um, you know, unaffected by his presence? And it completely changes my life one way or another whatever the answer to that question is. And so like when I'm reading the scriptures and I feel bored with my spirituality, there's very little fruit of those scriptures in my life. I probably don't even remember what I read later that day and like my life doesn't act out anything like what I just read on the pages. Um, And I'm, I'm not knocking discipline. Like I'm not saying, hey, when you don't feel like it, don't read scripture. That's not my point today. So don't, you know, don't, don't do the, the opposite of, of what you're hearing. Don't take the opposite of what you're hearing. Um, but I'm saying when I am reading scriptures and I'm intrigued by Jesus then, and my spiritual eyes are open and, I, and I'm listening, then like the scriptures are enlightening, they're captivating, they're full of fruit. And it, like, it overflows into my life and my life changes um, based on those disciplines. But whenever I'm not intrigued, when I'm bored, then my life doesn't change probably hardly at all. And so... Is this, like, does this make sense to everybody? Is this something that everyone experiences? Because sometimes you just talk and you know that something's your, your own self, but it doesn't apply to everybody else. But does this apply to you guys? Okay. Because sometimes I start talking and everyone's like, yeah, that's because you're freaking weird. And, and I, I recognize that that's accurate. So, um, okay, good. So, so life... The way I see it, life is a battle for your attention. And, um, and you may be less scatterbrained than me, but life is still a battle for your attention. I was reading, uh, I was reading some stats this week put out by, uh, I think Forbes put it out. And um, it was talking about the pandemic, and it was talking about how people spend their time. And... Um, they got into the, the thing that we've all heard about a million times, which is like TV and social media. But when I read the, the stats from this last year, it just still blew my mind. Like they said, the average American spends 3.1 hours per day watching TV and 3.5 hours per day on social media. Like, I mean, 
if, if my math is correct, I mean, may, maybe some of that, I know we all, I know that we have issues and we like scroll Instagram while we're watching a TV show. So maybe there's some overlap there. But either way, like if we're talking five or six hours a day dedicated to social media and TV, I think that pretty much all of us can agree that we as a society have a problem. Because I think we sleep for somewhere around an average of just under seven hours. So that leaves you, what, 17 hours in a day? And of those 17 hours, we're spending six of them on screens. I mean, like, it's crazy. And like, I, I just think about things like that and I go, why? You know, why are all of us immediately wasting six hours of our 17 hours every day? Um, and I think that the answer is because the universe is warring to get your attention. Um, for many of us, life, it, it's difficult. And that's seasonal, you know. Some seasons of life are easier than others. But um, it's difficult and it's habitual. And when things get difficult, our natural inclination, I think, is to escape. Escape to another world at any time possible. Like, this is difficult, so let me not think about it and go to a different place. Um, and in today's culture, we have a lot of amazing opportunities to do that. I mean, like, when you scroll, like, Instagram or TikTok or whatever, I don't actually get on those all that much, but, like, I know how, how it works. You, it's, like, video, and you don't know what video is coming next. You have no, there's no agenda, you know? You're not like, let me get on Instagram so I can have this certain type of entertainment. No, you're just like, you know, here's some people doing that. Uh, um, when I look at the person I love, I, do you ever just think, uh, look at what, what I married? Have you all seen those videos? Uh, you've seen them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, or then there's like, you know, someone doing yoga. And then there's like a lady talking about how she organized her closet. And then there's like, uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's just like one thing after another of completely different topics. All, its entire purpose is just to keep you staring at your phone going like, you know, oh, I hope there's a cute kitten next. Like, I mean, it's insane. And um, yeah, so many surprises. So it's so, so exciting. And then we have TV and we have movies. And honestly, it's incredible. Like, I love the creativity. It's not like I hate movies or anything. I love when people create other worlds, like the imagination and the creativity. I think that's actually a beautiful picture of, of God himself, like as a creator, as one who has an imagination. And I think there's joy and beauty to be had in all those things. But I think that, that more often than not, um, we have no agenda except to be entertained and escape by some means that is not difficult, that requires no struggle. And I don't blame you or anyone else for this because I think when we are living out of the pleasures of this world, when we're living by, by earthly means, then they all leave us craving just as much after we've tasted them as before we tasted them. Like, of course we want to escape to a different reality because we were created to live from a different reality. But when we're living in this reality, of course, like, there's constant cravings that can't be fulfilled and we have to go do something, find something that will at least pacify us for the next hour. You know, at least um, trick our souls into thinking they're at peace for a little while. 
And um, I wrote this down. I, I, I was just thinking about it this morning. I wrote, social media is a counterfeit for real relationships. Not always, but usually. Substance abuse is a counterfeit for ecstatic experiences in the spirit, in God. Careers and accomplishments try to fill our need for self-worth that's only found in God. Sex is beautiful, but warped into something twisted and secretive that tears relationships apart. Eating sugar gives us a short-term high of the joy that we crave to be permanent, and then it crashes, leaving us hungry and addicted. And that's how all these things leave us, hungry and addicted. And the only solution that I've found is to be fascinated and consumed with something that won't leave you hungry and thirsty. And I know that Jesus said that he gives us the water that will never leave us thirsty again. And I've tried all this stuff, you know. I've even tried being good at this stuff. I've tried being good at stuff that's not bad, you know. Like there, there's nothing wrong with being in shape. There's nothing wrong with being good at a sport or good at a game or, or loving music. But it still leaves you hungry and thirsty. Like, have you ever gotten to an accomplishment in your life and once you accomplishment or once you accomplish it, then you're like, oh, it's over. Now what? You know, like it's really fun for a minute because you did it. You got, to the, you got to the finish line. And now, like all of a sudden it hits you, like, like the depression, the wave of depression that will come over you at that moment, it supersedes all the joy that you just had for fulfilling your accomplishment because you go, now what? Like, there's nothing left in this. I just, I sucked all the joy there was to be sucked out of this thing and now I'm, now I'm empty. And... I think that every time I take Dave's money in a poker game, like (laughs) over and over again, I just, I always think it's going to leave me fulfilled. You're a sweet man, Dave. Um, So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to do something a little different. I want to give you a chance to turn your attention to Jesus and to be drawn in by his spirit once again. And Hopefully what we're going to do can be a springboard for your coming weeks and the way that you put your attention on God. Um, and so we're going to do a time of meditation. And I've led, I've led uh, the church in the times of meditation before, but this one's actually going to be a little more extended than I've ever tried on a Sunday morning. So you guys are going to have to try and go with me here because um, I don't know exactly how long that this is going to take, but I'm going to try to follow the Spirit a little bit. And I rewrote a little bit of it during worship because Randy brought the Spirit with her and made me realize that I didn't have him as much as I needed. And um, so this might take 10 or 15 minutes. Um, so if that's something you're not used to and would be unusual for you, then um, just do your best to relax and go with it and see what God might have for you this morning. If you're at home, I actually thought this would probably be pretty, pretty nice for the people at home because a lot of times you feel disengaged from what's going on in service, I know. Um, But we're all about to kind of zone out a little bit and um, go on our own journey. So if you're at home, I encourage you, uh, just get a comfortable place where you can can get as quiet as possible um, and 
try to go into this experience with us. But um, so everybody, try to try to find a, a just a comfortable spot sitting in your seat. Um, and for the most of this time, I'm going to guess that you're going to close your eyes. Um, and so if you are uncomfortable with long moments of closing your eyes or or silence, then get ready to be a little uncomfortable. We'll all do it together. Um, so I'm calling this a fascination meditation because I thought that was a cool title. Um, you guys can write that down for the interwebs. Everyone will click on this podcast when they see a fascination meditation. Um, all right, so everybody, as you begin this time of meditation, I'm going to ask you, get comfortable in your seat, close your eyes, or if you prefer, you can even just let your gaze come to a resting place somewhere in the room, but in this setting, you may find it easier to close your eyes. Let your body relax. Be aware of your body and aware of your thoughts. I'm going to give you just a moment right now to just be aware of what you're naturally wanting to think about. Don't judge yourself. Just be aware of it. What is your mind wanting to pull you toward? It's okay, whatever your mind's wanting to think about. It's good to know yourself. It's also okay to be aware of other things that are going on around us. Like we don't have to be in a trance to focus on Jesus. You can hear the sound of the cars outside. Sometimes you might hear some kids yell in the back. It's all okay. Now I just want you to turn your focus to Jesus. And right now I'm just asking God to pour his love and joy out over us. Find yourself at peace. Feel God's love and joy poured out over you now. There are going to be three parts to this meditation. Part one, breath. Notice how you're breathing at this very moment. Without making any changes to the way you breathe, just notice how long each breath takes. Notice all the intricacies of something you would normally do without even thinking. God gives the breath of life. He gave it to Adam first. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. With that breath of life, God stamped his name upon the soul of every man. With his name, we have breath and life. He imprinted his name into every living soul. A lot of scholars look at the original name that the Jews had for God, Yahweh. And it wasn't intended to be a spoken name. 
It was intended to be more of a breathed name, the sound of breath when you breathe in and out. Yahweh. I'm going to give several minutes of silence here and I'm just going to encourage you to simply focus on your breath and every time you breathe, hear God's very name as the source of your life. I'll occasionally speak a scriptural reminder of how God breathes life into us and reminds us of who He is in us. The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their hosts. But it is a spirit in man, and the breath of the Almighty gives them understanding. If your attention drifts to another thought, it's okay. Just bring it back to your breath. Bring it back to Yahweh. For the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Thank you, God, for your presence with us. As long as my breath is in me and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils, I hold fast my righteousness and I will not let it go. Part two, weariness. We all grow weary at times. We may become physically fatigued, mentally drained, or emotionally exhausted. Even sometimes spiritually disheartened. Isaiah wrote, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Sometimes we're very aware of our tiredness, and other times we become so weary that we become numb to it. So in your spirit, join me in this prayer of silent meditation as I guide you aloud. Holy Spirit, make me aware of my own weariness. Weariness in my body, 
weariness in my mind. Weariness in my emotions. Weariness in my spirit. Show me where I'm weary in my relationship with myself. Where I'm weary in my relationship with others. where I'm weary in my relationship with you. As the psalmist wrote, my soul is weary. Strengthen me according to your word. important throughout a time of meditation, even if you want to do this at home on your own, to just constantly bring your attention back. It'll want to wander, and it's okay. You don't have to chastise yourself for it. You just bring it back. And so now slowly inhale deeply and fully. And as you exhale, let your body relax. Inhale deeply again. And as you slowly exhale, Become aware of any weariness in you. The Lord says, I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. As you continue to breathe slowly, thinking about your breath and the Lord's refreshing, think about God's satisfaction in you. Jesus, you refresh. Jesus, you satisfy. We hold on to this because this is God's promise for his people. I will refresh the weary and I will satisfy the faint. For Jesus said, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Some of you might feel like this is getting long. That's okay. A lot of times we have to, it takes a while for our spirit to quiet down and to be open to what God wants to say to us. When we are physically tired, there's nothing more satisfying than rest. Think about how you feel after a, a good nap or a good night's sleep or a relaxing vacation even. It 
athletes know that muscle is broken down during exertion and that muscles grow stronger during rest. And Jesus doesn't promise to remove the things that weary us, but he does promise rest. Rest to make us stronger. So as you rest in God's presence now, notice that he is renewing your strength. Jesus renews your physical strength. Jesus renews your mental strength. Jesus renews your emotional strength and well-being. Jesus renews your spiritual strength. Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Part 3, Jesus and the Vineyard. Imagine now that you are standing in the middle of a beautiful vineyard. You're surrounded by rows and rows of green leaves, woody vines, purple grapes. As you imagine standing in this vineyard, notice that you're a long way away from any other person. A long way from your cell phone, computers. Far away from all the normal distractions of everyday life. Now as you realize what a peaceful place you're in, Once again, let's return to our breath. Slowly take a deep breath in and exhale completely. Notice how your body relaxes as you enjoy God's creation in the vineyard around you. For the next few seconds, imagine you are slowly walking down a row in this vineyard. As you take each step, Feel yourself relax a little more. Try to focus your thoughts now on what you feel, hear, smell. You can even taste. If you find your mind drifting to something else, simply begin to think about your walk through the vineyard once again. You're at peace in this vineyard. Imagine that you're attracted to a particular vine and see yourself walk toward it and stop in front of it. 
As you look at the vine, take a moment to thank God for creating such beauty. These grapevines, the fruit they produce. You reach forward and you touch the main vine. Notice how the vine branches out into many smaller vines. Begin tracing these vines to smaller vines and smaller branches. And eventually your hand works its way down to rich clusters of grapes. As you study this vine, imagine now that you hear Jesus' words echo around you. I am the true vine. Continue to explore the vine and hear Jesus say, I am the true vine. And you are the branches. I am the true vine and you are the branches. In me is the life you've always desired. You are tied into Jesus. All your sustenance comes from him. Be fascinated by him. He's like no other. Look into his face as he tends to you. This man who is our source. Imagine his life. Imagine Jesus as he sits alongside the Father and the Spirit and speaks the world into, be, into being from complete darkness. Imagine Jesus in heaven watching Abraham take his son to the altar, thinking he needs to sacrifice his own son. And see Jesus' face. Watch his reaction as he hears the foreshadowing in Abraham's words as he tells Isaac, Son, God will provide the lamb. Imagine Jesus designing and creating Mary, the woman who would one day give birth to him in human form. The paradox and mystery of Jesus' life is incredible. Imagine Jesus in the garden knowing that he's about to be tortured and killed. And see his eyes as he looks forward through history and sees you. 
He's staring straight into your eyes and knowing that it's worth it. See Jesus as he's resurrected from the grave. The stone is moved away. See the resurrected Jesus in all his glory, in his new form. The form that not even his best friend, John, would recognize as he sees him exalted. John the beloved who lays his head on Jesus' chest thinks that he knows who Jesus is until Revelation chapter 1. He wrote, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands was one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. Remember, this is Jesus' best friend. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Imagine the creatures in heaven, 24-7, worshiping around the throne, singing, holy, holy, holy. Why? Because they never stop being in awe. They never stop getting new revelation of who the king is. We never stop getting new revelation of who Jesus is. Jesus is still the one revealing himself. You can't manufacture it. You can only turn your attention to it. He's still the one revealing himself in you. And in the stillness, he reveals himself to you. going to invite you to come to the table and to get the communion elements as you stay in an attitude of meditation.
in a minute, I'm going to give some announcements and close us out. But before I do that, I'm going to just give a second in case anyone has anything they want to share before we close today. shared this a while back, but a few months ago I was really struggling with, with anger and reached out to Zane and, and Jordan and talked to others of you here maybe. And so I was able to go to this, um, see this counselor. And what I realized was that the thing I was, that I thought was the thing, wasn't really the thing. You know, it was like I would have these moments where I'd get angry and then I would be so like ashamed feel like I let my wife and my kids down let myself down let God down and then I would try so hard not to get angry again then I would get angry again and and she said she said I don't think anger is is the issue as much as you're just not letting yourself feel what you need to feel and exploring where that's coming from. She said, she gave me this picture. She said, you're like, you're at a beach and the waves are coming in and you're standing chest deep and you've got this beach ball and you're trying to hold it under the waves. And every now and then you get distracted because it takes all of your focus to keep this beach ball under the water. And every now and then you get distracted and the beach ball pops up. And um, it's a really good visual. She was saying the thing you're holding under the water is what you need to feel. And when you don't feel it, when your kids distract you, when life distracts you, it's going to pop up abruptly in the form of anger. And when I started to explore that a little bit. It was like Jesus just met me in that place with his grace. It's like if your engine light's on, the problem isn't that little light on your dash. <laughs> you know, it's letting you know that there's a possibly a bigger problem. If you're like me, you're just like hoping it goes off after you fill up. <laughs> but what I appreciated this morning saying was just the reminder to take time. The thing is, it takes time to feel what you need to feel. And it takes time to take those feelings to Jesus, to the feet, to the foot of the cross, and to let him bring healing and wholeness. And so I was just reminded that like something that I told my counselor at the beginning of when I went to go see her was like, you know, I want to, I really want to, I really want to set a rhythm in my life to, to take time, to feel the feeling, to take it to Jesus, to let, you know, to let the beach ball just float on the waves. And, um, but like things have been good lately, <laughs> so I haven't been taking the time. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate it this morning. Thank you. That's good. One thing we can all learn from Ryan is to not not keep let our shame keep things to ourselves. 
Ryan's a Ryan's a uh, um, Ryan's a pro at um, being transparent. You know, there are many times that not that you have that much wrong with you, Ryan, <laughs> but there are many times that Ryan's called me and said, "I'm struggling with this," and those things don't have that much power whenever you put them in the light. It's good. Anybody else have anything they feel like sharing before we close out? Yeah, come on. Yeah. Anybody? It, it was interesting. Uh, the Lord showed me a couple things. Um, he showed me when he was a child about this big and that he was uh, playing with toys. And I was like, whoa. Because, you know, growing, growing up and the, the background I had, I always thought Jesus as a very somber child, very serious. He didn't talk to anyone. You know, he was sinner, 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 even as a child, you know. But it was really interesting to see him he was just showing me having a good time. He was just playing and with, with a toy. And then he was like just as human as, as we are. And he also showed me when he was an adult. And he was just kind of, he showed me his, his face, his profile. He was just kind of staring off, kind of gazing off into the uh, horizon and just like reflecting. And he, he just kind of showed me in this, these two things, his humanity and that he can he really does relate to us he's not this not just this omniscient omnipresent uh, omnipotent being but he actually knows what you're feeling he knows what you felt when you were a kid he knows what you feel now as an adult and um when you come before him he understands it's not just that he created you and said, oh, you know, mm, just deal with it. It's more like, hey, I want to partner with you. I want to work with you because I love you. I love you so much that I came into this world to know what you feel. I was like, whoa, hey, that's cool. That's cool, Lord. So Zane, thank you for giving us the opportunity to dive in deeper to more than just, you know, taking in but being experiencing as well so that's cool I like that Jesus with the toy thing because a lot of times I actually thought when you said that I was like the next meditation thing I need I write needs to be really joyful because I feel like a lot of times it can get really like it's peaceful but it's somber and I've also had so many times in God's presence where I'm just like full of joy or like you know God's good at that too Anybody else? Yeah. Um, my daughter-in-law, Becca, she's in England with my son. She sent us a message this morning, and it just touched my heart and my wife's heart. Um, one of her high school mates that she's known real well needed a kidney transplant. Got it, and it's not taken, so she just reached out and asked to have the church pray about it, so I wanted to make sure I brought it up. You know the person's name? I don't. Okay. All right. 
Well, let's pray over them real quick. Um, God, we just pray over Becca's friend, and uh, we just pray that her body would be restored. Um, it's already stressful enough to go through a process and a procedure, and you think everything's going to be fixed when it's done, and when it's the opposite, that really sets everything off. And But God, you know what it's like to be human, just as Alex was just pointing out. You know what it's like to go through difficult moments. You know what pain's like. You know what it's like to see pain coming from a distance or know what difficulty you're going to have to walk through and have to take a step forward anyway. So God, I just ask first that you would be with her and that you would just bring peace to her soul. And I also ask, Lord, that you would bring healing right now. In Jesus' name, we just, we just declare that this transplant would be a success. That everything would function as if it was original. As you put it there to be in the first place. God, bring everything to its right place. We just pray perfect love over her body in Jesus' name. Amen. That's a cool prayer for us to pray because, you know, Timothy and Becca are in another country and have been for years. But um, it's awesome for, it speaks to you guys that whenever something difficult is happening in their life, even kind of peripheral to their life, that they still want to call you and say, will you pray? Because it means that they, they know that it changes stuff, you know. Even though they're probably somewhat removed from that, they still know. It's cool. All right. Well, thank you guys for um, going with my, my fancy this morning. And um, I'm going to give you all a few announcements, and we're going to call it a day, Mr. David Lorton. David um, Bartholomew Lorton is going to come, yeah, is going to come uh, pray us out. All right, so we've got several fall initiatives going on right now. I'm not going to spend a long time on any announcement because there are quite a few of them, so I'm just going to go through them. Um, Several fall initiatives right now. We have tables with strangers. Um, I know that we have had a lot of people sign up for those, so if you've signed up, please be planning for that. If you really wanted to sign up and you didn't, then come talk to me and I'll find out a way, figure out a way for you to be involved in that. Um, we have Business Incubator on Tuesday nights. Um, so like Ryan said, if you haven't started into that, but you'd like to be a part of it, still come jump in. It's all good. Um, we have, um, sometime soon we're going to be having some more, um, preparation for our refugee welcome team. Um, so I'm going to be, if you're on that team, uh, then I'm going to be contacting you over the next week, um, as we really get things rolling. And if you really want to help with welcoming, uh, some refugees, but you didn't get a chance to sign up, once again, come talk to me. 
Um, next Sunday, we are having Safe Families for Children join us in service. Uh, this is a, an organization that we're trying to partner with um, that's doing some really beautiful things in um, rescuing kids before they have to get to the point of foster care and get into the system that many of them don't make their way out of or have a lot of difficulty with. Um, and so we love, we love people who offer foster care. We think that's beautiful. But even if we can keep the kids with their families, then we like that even more. So, um, so they're going to be here next Sunday and just encourage you to be here and see what's all about. Um, and then we have, um, let's see, Night of Prayer uh, and Social, Night of Prayer and, and Hangout at Jordan and Andrea's house. That's on the 22nd, which I believe is next Friday. Yeah, this, this coming Friday. So this coming Friday, 7 p.m., we're going to be hanging out at Jordan and Andrea's house, um, 7 p.m., eating some street tacos, uh, doing some, some more creative prayer. I guess today was kind of a kickoff for that. So we'll have some creative prayer opportunities on Friday night, 7 p.m. And then Church on the Lawn, where we're going to be having on Sunday morning, the 31st. Um, so that's two Sundays from now. We're going to have Church on the Lawn in their front yard, and uh, we're going to eat some breakfast tacos, hang out outside, enjoy the nice weather, worship, and be friends. So that's all I got. Uh, Dave, you want to come close this out, man? Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O oh, divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen.